imagine sitting in the park in the heat Stomach empty, starving to eat Palms are sweaty, heart starting to beat About to get beheaded cause you didn't take the mark of the beast Bill Gates doesn't care about black teens He's trying to alter our DNA by giving us vaccines These elite Satanists are the psychoists They preparing our bodies to accept the microchip Can you imagine walking into a Wells Fargo Not being able to withdraw money because you ain't got a barcode your right hand or your forehead if you don't take the mark of the beast you're gonna fall to the floor dead head cut off bodies squirming our own government acting like nazi germans they want us to live in fear filled with uncertainty one world government under one currency i can categorically say that this is end times this virus is breaking us down just like an enzyme there's pedophiles leaving men and women childrenless these politicians are dummies and the devil's a ventriloquist Stemming from Epstein's Island Gavin Newsom ain't your governor He's a tyrant He took away everything That makes us happy and vibrant And put a mask on us To keep us silent Can you imagine sitting in the park in the heat Stomach empty Starving to eat Palms are sweaty Heart starting to beat About to get beheaded Cause you didn't take the mark of the beast Bill Gates doesn't care about black teens He's trying to alter our DNA By giving us vaccines These elite Satanists Are the psychoists to accept the microchip. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Josh and Jason Monday Christian and Conspiracy Podcast Show. I'm your host, Josh Monday. If you don't know me, I'm a Christian rapper, a devoted husband, and father. Um, I'd like to introduce you to my co-host. He's a Christian, devoted husband and father. What's up, Jason? How's it going? Good morning. Good morning. I'm doing well. Uh, how's everybody else doing? Good. Hopefully All they're right. doing good. <laughs> right on. Well, I want to introduce them first. Um, so first off, we have uh this gentleman. I I um he popped up on my on my feed on Instagram, and uh I instantly uh after I saw a couple of his videos, I instantly uh followed him first of all, and also second of all. Uh, sent him a, a DM to get him on the show. Uh, his name is Charles, and he his Instagram name is Freedom Workers Charles, and he is actually um, a coach or Coach Charles, you can call him. Uh, he does some amazing work out there, uh, getting people to uh, quit pornography, which is like we need this right now, you know, especially with the cell phone, where it's like it's a touch of a button. So let me introduce you guys to Charles. How are you doing today? I'm doing well, man. Thank you guys so much for having me on. Very blessed to be here today. Right yeah, on, thank right you on. for coming. Thank you for coming. And um, our next guest, what? Okay, I'm gonna tell you guys. Whenever I was on her show, she introduces people like with a whole laundry list of this amazing stuff. So I, I, I would love to do that um, for her as well. So she's a, she's a podcast host. Uh, she is a, a warrior for God. Every single time that um, I listen to her podcast, she always has a prayer in the beginning uh, to to fight against the the uh, you know we wrestle against flesh and blood, not not against flesh and blood, but principalities of evil. She's always uh, in that uh, Ephesians six twelve in the beginning of her podcast, and she also uh, is a voice for all these survivors from satanic ritual abuse to uh, to to sex trafficking to all these different awesome stuff. So her her podcast is called The Imagination Podcast. I've been on her show twice. Uh, everybody that's on YouTube sees that I always share her show, and then she shares ours, which is amazing. So Emma, how you doing? 
I'm doing so well. It's such an honor to be here. I appreciate you guys having me on. Thank you so much for that intro. Well, thank you for, um, you have a way better intro than I do, but you, you're like a writer though. You know, like me, I'm like, just a, you know, I don't, I, don't, I write raps. So that's about, that's about it. So, <laughs> so, all right. <laughs> so, all right guys. So today we were, okay. So Emma, she specializes in, in, um, in more of, you know, she interviews a lot of people that, that, that I like people are in the adult industry and she knows that there's a lot of sex trafficking going on, on these, on these videos and in the adult entertainment industry. So I think she's had like a lot, she's like kind of a uh, expertise on that. And then Charles is, is, has the expertise on um, helping you quit pornography. So I think this is a good show to put together for people that need help with this men and women. Okay. Cause both struggle with this. Okay. So let me start out with um, a couple Bible verses and then we'll, we'll go guys. Okay. So, 1 Corinthians 6, verses 9 through 12, it says this, Do not, do you not know the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived. Uh, neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor homosexuals, nor sodomites, nor thieves, nor covetousness, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners will inherit the kingdom of God. And such you wait, and such were some of you. But you were washed, but you were sanctified, but you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the spirit of your, our God. So understand now what Paul's saying is that's what you guys used to do before you were a Christian. Now you're you're washed by the blood of Jesus. OK, but listen, do not be deceived. OK, so if you don't repent from the stuff that I just mentioned and, and you keep going back to it like a dog going back to his old vomit then it says here, do not be deceived that you will not inherit the kingdom of God. So we have to make sure that we pay attention to that because that's that's what we're all made for, is to inherit the kingdom of God, to spread the gospel, and to be close with God. And as you're doing this, watching pornography, okay, um, if you don't, what it says in the Bible that, that, that when you have sexual temptation, it doesn't say to just fight, okay? It says to flee, it says to run, okay? That's um that's why when you look in the Bible and you see David, he goes up to the mountaintop, okay? Or not I'm sorry, the the rooftop, knowing that he's going to have he's going to see what he sees. He's going to see women, okay, um getting dressed or 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 bathing, right? Now you have him going up there, uh coming home from R&R, going up there on the rooftop and he sees when you see when he says the word saw it's not the word like i looked at glanced and i looked away and went downstairs no when it says he saw it means he saw and he was started to lust after her he was watching this woman her name was Bathsheba and she was bathing and it just happened to be one of his soldiers wives he ended up uh you know making love to her having a kid and having the guy murdered on the battlefield okay so he didn't run or flee now joseph is an example in genesis where uh he's with his master and his wife came on to him and it says that joseph was handsome okay so she was lusting after him in this point but what it says is that joseph when she started coming on to him it says that he ran okay which is the same word for flee so sexual temptation so you have two two options there you either Sit there on your on your phone. You get these little, uh, let's say if you're looking at Instagram, you're scrolling through. There's a sponsored ad of some girl in a bikini. So then it just kind of, it's like bait that Satan puts out there and it could just suck you in. So that's a good example. You need to flee and run. Okay, run. Okay, so anyways, all right. So we'll go ahead and start. Um, I know 
Uh, we could start, Charles, you could start because I know you have a lot of information and, I, and I'm sure I can have Emma come in and just and just crush it with the look. This is not women that are just like, hey, I'm ready to go and make money. A lot of them are being trafficked, being pimped out. And uh, that is not good at all. Hey, br hey brother, I want to mention something before you would go on. Uh, David, if he was doing what he's supposed to be doing, which was be with his man at war, he would have never been in that situation in the first place. Also, another man in the Bible is Samson. I feel like he is a perfect example for the one of the strongest, most, uh, he was, he had the spirit of the Lord with him. He was supposed to be a champion, but he faltered all the time. And if you look at it, even men of God that are totally blessed have real problems with lust, uh, real, real problems, like how, how humans have. And it's hard to, it's very hard to, uh, to get rid of that because the devil has your eyes. God has your ears. That's why Jesus says he who has an ear, let him hear. The mm. devil gets your eyes because that's how he starts right to your gets you thinking about the bad stuff. Like you said, those little images yeah. that pop in your mind could ruin your whole life. You could be on a vacation and you could be have, have a porn addiction and you leave your wife. She, she goes away for a week or something. And then, boom, you see like a Playboy somewhere and bam, your whole life is right back in it. It's 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 crazy. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm sure Charles will talk about a lot of the um, triggers, you know, that, that we need to stay away from as men. OK. And women. OK, go ahead, uh, Charles. Go ahead and start it off, brother. Well, yeah, you know, honestly, let's jump right into what Jason just said, because a lot of what I talk about, I show in um, in the programs that I work through with men and women, I show how all of any sort of addiction, like porn addiction is horrible, but mm -hmm. we also treat it like it's a root problem when in reality, it's a ton of different problems and you got to deal with all of them. You got porn as the spiritual side, but then you also have, for example, the masturbation as the physical side. Then you've got the psychological aspect. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's so many different layers to taking this beast down. And so what's really interesting, Jason, about what you pointed out there, like the devil has your eyes. Why is it that he's called the deceiver? Mm -hmm. Like when we're looking at Adam and Eve in the garden, they were fully known in their physical nakedness as spiritual purity with God. Mm -hmm. And in the transpiring events, they were brought into the shame life, hiding in the shadows. And it's exactly what we're doing today. We're constantly hiding that truest self in the shadows. Now, I think what gets really confusing when we start talking about truest self, you know, it's like there's a lot of um, confusion between well, what about when, you know, new agey stuff says you're authentic you, you know, versus, well, what does it really mean to be your truest self as a believer in Jesus Christ? And it's like, well, we were called to step out of the shadows and fully into the light. Mm, and it's like, you know, you can have your truth, but does your truth align with what God's truth is? Because if it's still your truth, you're still hiding. And we see that manifest as people pleasing and peacekeeping and not really knowing who you are, why you're alive, and what your purpose is. And that's really the, like, those are the deepest roots that we can look to to understand where porn addiction stems from at its deepest aspect. And it comes all the way from the garden. Because you look at what happened when Adam and Eve fell. And what happened was uh, they went from loved, wanted enough to unloved through spiritual death um not enough through rejection from god and then unwanted 
by getting kicked out of the garden, displacement from their home. And you see unwanted as like this household because you have dad who's supposed to be the example of making you feel enough. Um, enough. You have the example of mom who's supposed to make you feel loved. Together under that solid household framework, it makes you feel wanted. It makes you feel like you have a place. And you see this pattern over and over again throughout time of when you don't have a stable household, not only like does it immediately showcase just the brokenness of our inability to follow those Ten Commandments, but like when mom and dad were supposed to represent God and they don't, what does that say about how you see God and how you see God is then how you also see yourself? So it's this complete like broken trifecta of you don't see clearly. You have been deceived. And we look at the way that the world is. And it's like porn is available at the at, at the snap of a finger in any direction. You can always go and find whatever you want. But I, I, I like to say, you know, strippers strip, firemen fight fires, you know? Whoever you believe you are, whatever you believe you are, that's exactly what you're going to do. And so you see what Adam and Eve did in the garden. And they were like, they chose to take their destiny into their own hands. Do and you will be like God because they believed the lie about their true value. They believed the lie that they were unloved, unwanted, not enough. So then they took actions accordingly, and then it created the actual death that they already received and believed from the serpent. And because they took those actions, they immediately got the repercussions. Fear enters the world, death enters the world, and then shame. Shame of what happened. They believed the lie, and then shame over what they did. And it's like complete trust has been broken all intimacy has been broken and they hid in the shadows away from god and it's a physical reflection but you see that in today it's like why are so many pastors and men like married men and and children like why are we so dead inside and it's like well there's a chemical aspect to that there's a behavioral aspect to that but even more than that we feel judged constantly. We feel unrealistic expectations of how life is supposed to be. We were told to sit down and shut up when we were kids. And now we're following all these rules, but it's made us all liars. It's made us all hiding, hiding who we really feel like. And, you know, maybe this is something that um, I hope I'm not going too off track here, but I love looking for the modern day parallels um, in just our TV programming I, I despise what we have done to the dad image in modern day TV programming. Yep. But one thing I've really started to observe in this difference between like, you know, Satan programming and Jesus programming is like when we just come at it from this purely like humanistic perspective, which I don't fully agree with, you know, Jesus first, Jesus above everything. Um, I'll just I'll dive right into it. I was watching The Walking Dead. It's one of my favorite TV shows. And it suddenly hit me last night. When all the rules fell apart, all the characters are being portrayed as who they always truly felt like inside. The murderers became murderers. The scaredy cats became scaredy cats. 
they're true like they they're like great i have no more restrictions i have no more rules and you can see the same pattern in so many different shows of like when people have the rules and the structure removed from life they become who they always were from the beginning because it's who they already felt like but you see what happened in the garden was that you had adam and eve who got discovered and like you see this opposite parallel with job job may have ran um may have been running his life in fear but at least he chose to walk in integrity as much as he possibly freaking could. Yeah. We got to stop calling ourselves Job's and Elijah's and all that. They were, they were way cooler. Let's be honest. <laughs> but when we look back to Adam and Eve and you see at like in the very beginning, they hid God sought them out and they get discovered. Ah, oh no, all of our shame and nakedness in front of God, which we had from the beginning. And there was no shame. And we were just completely intimate in worship with God always. And it's like, ah, well, where is that now? And it's, well, God. So they blame God. This wife you gave me. So they then blame man. And then Eve blames the serpent. Well, the but the serpent told me, so they blame God, man, and the devil, but nobody's taking responsibility for what happened. And it's like, we would like to even then blame God for the curses, but we just completely cursed ourselves in the fact that we didn't take responsibility to apologize for the like for our own actions. And we continue to repeat this pattern. Something bad happens. We hide, we blame shift, we deflect, we completely like... We deny the responsibility. We have all these self-defense mechanisms put up because of all the childhood trauma that we've endured over time. And then it just becomes this personality. But then you trap yourself in a life that you never wanted to live. And people wonder, why are men in the church bored today? Why is there so many, um, uh, you know, sexual abuse, um, you know, things going on in the background of churches and all these other things. And it's like, well, when the deepest part of yourself feels completely dead, how would you live? When, when, cause we, here's the thing. We think that porn addiction is about porn. Here's the scary truth. It's about conditioning your flesh to take pleasure out of fear because you're getting the chemical burnout from dopamine, oxytocin, and probably, you know, serotonin, because you can once you burn out on those first two, you got to keep finding new chemicals. So, you know, your diet's going to go to crap. Your entire lifestyle is going to go to crap. You build your entire identity around addiction and consumption and living in the moment and living for the high. But it still never fills as we're aware. So you got to keep you got to keep filling. You got to keep shoving down all the emotions. And it's like, well, it, it doesn't stop. But when, but when you get to that point, it's like, who have you become? And if you've become what you fed yourself, you only have three options of who you're serving, who like which God you're worshiping. It's either God, Jesus, mm -hmm. or Satan, or yourself. Now, the illusion, of course, is that Satan was an option to be served in the first place. I mean, yes, you know, they're like spiritualities, principalities, all that stuff. Yes. I would say even then, like, we know that his authority is smoke and mirrors. So let's, like, push him aside for a second, not to deny that there is an enemy, but to say that it's a distraction from the fact that if you're not worshiping Jesus, ultimately, you're taking your destiny into your own hands. So really, it's just blaming the devil 
when even then it's still your responsibility for your actions and you're yeah. self-serving you're worshiping yourself again yeah so and it's like over go ahead go ahead we would have to yeah we'd have to definitely agree because that's that's what happens is um that's one of the things you do you just say oh that's the devil that's the devil tempting me it's mm -hmm. tempting me but but like you said it, it is a demon you know or a devil you're, you are being tempted you know um mm -hmm. it could also be being tested you know um but yeah that's a, that's something that a lot of people do is they do blame it on uh yeah on other people and it is it is your own just self and you're also not walking in the will of god right so mm -hmm. like you said uh, adam and eve they're walking it with the will of god they're actually walking with god uh that's what it says that's the same thing it says about enoch and um and you know noah so you're walking with god which means that they were every step of the way counting on god and talking to him and and um which is what we should be doing and then soon as you bam, you mess up like that, watch pornography or do something, your sexual immorality, or it's actually adultery if you're married, you know, watching porn, then it, it, separate, it separates you from God. And like you said, mm -hmm. it is death and it's a spiritual death and you feel it in your heart, you know, and, 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 you know, it's kind of like God is the, is the judge, right? And then Jesus is your, is your defense attorney and your prosecutor is Satan is the accuser. So he's going to be accusing you, accusing you, accusing you all the time. So it's like a, it, it does, it's, it's terrible um a terrible thing but um so i i kind of wanted to to also uh from that part that's that's kind of the the feeling part we we also kind of wanted to get into like um what the women are going through that are that are actually uh or the or the men i don't i you know the men there's probably just i don't, I don't know if there's men being trafficked as well but um emma yep. you, you'd be able to bring that in so guys as you're watching these films understand that the some of the women are not doing this uh you know, really? willingly. Right. <clears throat> so that's not a good thing. Uh, it says, Jesus says, if you cause my children to stumble, it's better to have a millstone wrapped around your neck and dropped into the deepest part of the ocean. Right. Because what's happening is these women are, are being pushed to do it. So they're probably, well, you have to tell me, Emma, cause I'm not really good at this part. So you, you, you'd have to come in. Can we, can we have you kind of give your expertise on this? Yeah. And what I'll do is I'll work with Charles as he builds from this kind of household foundation to what happens later. I'll build with him. So I'll, I'll build off what he just talked about. Childhood trauma. It starts in the home uh, on the victim side too. So if somebody is raised in an environment where abuse is proliferating and over 95% of trafficking and abuse comes actually from somebody that the victim knows. So we're taught as children, the stranger danger. And what's not talked about is that the person in your home, your grandfather, the teacher at school, there's a lot of uh, victims that are being abused by somebody that they love and trust in that household environment before their brains are too early to develop. Just like how, uh, Pornography can affect a child in an extremely negative way if they find it. And scarily enough, you know, the average age that a child is now stumbling upon pornography is seven, eight years old. And it's right at the tip of their fingertips, just like what Charles was saying. So this also starts uh, breaking down that child and they're not born and raised in a stable environment, which makes them vulnerable if they don't receive the love and affection and care that they need to grow into a healthy adult then it sets them right up to be a prime candidate, victim, um, worker in the sex industry, in the porn industry, which definitely proliferates, as Josh was saying, you know, unconsensual sex, victimization, rape. Um, and that I'll, I'll talk about that a little bit later. But um, 
it, the victimhood part, a lot of times starts in that, that childhood range too, and has everything to do with, you know, building these strong children from the get-go instead of exposing them to this horrific abuse that we now know is happening in so many households, trauma is way more prevalent than what I think any of us know, you know, and it's something that we don't really look at. People don't look into pornography uh, as far as law enforcement because it's a legal industry. So things like that get swept under the rug. So people are not paying attention to why does somebody enter that industry to begin with? You know, as Charles was saying about just treating the symptom, oh, you're a sex worker, let's just get you out and, you know, you're being trafficked, let's just go throw you back into life. And it doesn't work that way because it's not the root cause of why they got there to begin with. It starts a lot of times from that childhood. And a lot of the victims that I've had on my show, they had uh, parents that even made pornography with them as kids, which is horrific. So it was something that was built into them neurologically, physically, something that they're already carrying shame and guilt from and something that's been normalized for them, which is another key thing. You know, a child's brain can't comprehend sexual trauma. So what happens is it breaks down these compartments in their brains and they can kind of shove the trauma down. It's a defense mechanism that God gave us that we can dissociate during trauma. So a child, a lot of times doesn't understand what they're going through. Their brains aren't developed enough to where they can take in that information. So it stores as trauma that they might not even be aware of because their brain needs to keep functioning so they can go to school, so they can perform, so they can be a kid. So that trauma gets shoved down there. And I think a lot of times too, that proliferates later on in life to where they don't even know maybe what started their pathway to where they got to. They don't even know that they're traumatized or they, you know, they probably would have taken precautions to heal and to recognize that and, and to have self-worth. Um, but just as Charles was saying, it, it really does. Uh, um, the family household, there's been such an agenda to break that. And pornography has been a huge way from both the consumer end and the victim end to proliferate that, you know, broken home type syndrome um, especially because it's, it's literally right at the tip of our fingers. Yes. Yes. And, uh, Charles, you can keep going or Jason, if you want to, uh, chime in. Yeah. Yeah. It, so part of what I had mentioned earlier and I kind of talked around it cause there's so much information. Um, but porn programming, is not about just porn. It's about programming your flesh and your mind to take pleasure in fear. You become addicted to taking pleasure out of fear because what happens when you get the chemical burnout is that, well, you keep going because nothing's ever enough because your identity was never enough. So you spend your entire life growing up from childhood, believing that the consumerism lifestyle is just the only way to live, but it's never enough. And so as you get deeper into the, uh, the darker parts of pornography and really it's all dark, but when you start to get to like the really, truly like violent kind of stuff and, you know, you like you don't feel anything emotionally anymore because you've gotten so burnt out. So you got to trigger new emotions in order to feel something again. So you trigger adrenaline as you're taking pleasure. You're training your body and your mind to take pleasure in fear inducing activities. So not only is there a ton of escapism. There's also the hiding aspect of yourself. There's the unconscious desire to control and ma manipulate everything 
as a defense mechanism to keep yourself from ever getting hurt again. And it's created weak men in our society today. And I can say that boldly because I was a loser too. I was a complete beta male because of porn. Not only does it destroy the family model from like from dad, it also destroys the family model. It starts with son because dad still feels like a five-year-old boy inside, still looking for his own mom and dad because he was seeking them in porn. And so you can see this overlap of how we desire love in its deepest form. And when that comes from sexuality, since all of life is a form of worship and sex, what happens when we're not looking to God to get those needs met? Because in one sense or another, sin is just getting a legitimate need met illegitimately, therefore creating that separation between us and God. And it's like... You know, you look at you look at how the world has become today and we become so good at getting our own needs met, but it's still never enough because we're living out of that trauma identity. And so we then see the repercussions in the family structure when you have um, like fathers that are called to be pastors and yet they're still dealing with their own addictions in the background silently. Maybe they don't even realize it's an addiction. Maybe they've been literally living with it for so long. That is just this part of themselves that it's like, oh, it's always been there. It's just normal. And you wonder why congregations as a whole can be struggling with porn. You know, um, I don't believe in the law of attraction, but I do believe that we attract people that are like us from that perspective of if you're living in a shame identity, a broken identity. Why is it that people who have been abused as children then grow up to date and marry abusers, you know? And so... Men who are addicted to porn typically also find other men who are addicted to porn. And they they go to women who are also looking for dad and the men are looking for mom. And so you create this codependency and then the cycle just repeats itself because then you have kids and then they grow up and they watch mom and dad live in this broken structure. And so they feel insecure because parents... The parents are still trying to get their needs met. So the children not only learn from the parents how to get their needs met illegitimately, therefore like preemptively programming the trauma patterns into them. But then, you know, the children go and they practice those patterns out in nature and it just becomes who they are. Then boom, they get hurt as well. Codependent cycle continues all over again. It's a broken cycle and it starts from us seeking God, but not going to him to get our needs met. It's still just man trying to play God. And it's a complete control thing, because if we can get our needs met, then we will never get hurt again. And there's a very interesting piece here. I'll say this, because I could talk for hours. The, mo the most interesting piece I found here is that confession is so necessary. Like, you need to get every skeleton out of the closet, because if you're being, like, the things that happen to you and that you have done are the exact doorways that you're opening in the spirit realm to the demonic to tempt you you can't blame the devil for making you do anything but you can blame him for like tempting you but you can't blame him for the temptation being the cause of you falling it's the cause of you hiding and not being in relationship with God because you're still trying to be your own God. So you have created that separation, but then you blame everything else. So you never have to take responsibility. So you never have to address the pain and the hurt because there's still a five-year-old boy or girl operating deep inside, still looking for mom and dad, but afraid to ever be loved again 
because, well, I'm just a mess. I'm a monster. I'm unworthy. I'm dirty. You know, it's like all the lies, all the labels of the deceiver. We've been deceived about who we are, who God is, who uh, mom is supposed to be, who dad is supposed to be. And even for myself, And I believe anyone who has struggled with any kind of addiction, which, by the way, is everyone, since addiction is a secular framework for worship, is that when you go deep enough into the realm of addiction, you have, like, your definition of love is control. And then at the same time, it's this dichotomy of, I don't want to be controlled, and I don't want to be put in a box, and I just want to be free to be me and live how I want to live and feel good. And the dichotomy of, but I also crave structure, but I don't want to be locked in a box. And what I've been told about God is that he's someone who, if you don't follow his his rules, he's putting a gun to your head. And it's like, but in reality, you're just viewing God and yourself through this broken lens. And if you saw God for who he really was, you would see that those 10 commandments actually set you free from whatever we would like to refer to this world as when it comes to like, you know, a matrix or whatever. He's helping you be set free. He's teaching you heaven culture. But yet we choose to look at those Ten Commandments from our broken perspective and say, he's trying to control me. No, he's trying to help you get your needs met so that you don't have to go to any addictions. You don't have to go to any porn. You can stop living and operating out of a trauma identity and start living as the child of God that that understands at the identity level who you are so you can freely express yourself and get your needs met in a healthy way. And you can then be purpose-driven, mission-oriented, in relationship with the God of the universe understanding why you're here what you're here to do and how to hold healthy relationship and a lot of what i have to like help teach men and women in the programs i run is how to raise their standards be like truly honoring and expressive to the values that they hold which god has put in their hearts but they have been too afraid to hold those boundaries so they create walls instead of doorways because they were taught that control is love and they don't feel like they have a right to put up um, a doorway so it's like their walls are either completely torn down and anyone can just you know push them against the wall or their self-defense mechanism identity down to the freaking core and it's like that neither way is how we were meant to live you're not supposed to be totally like open open to the point that you're like you know endangering yourself from a level of vulnerability that that it's like when the Bible says that the walls are torn down to to the kingdom and the enemy can just come and go as he pleases. That's not how we're supposed to be. But we're also not supposed to be so boxed in that like we're we're dead inside, not getting any of our needs met. I mean, we forget the the sacredness, the intimacy of true vulnerability and connection, rather than living a transactional based life. Because honestly, a big gripe that I have nowadays is that we've been so programmed for this transactional lifestyle that you see, honestly, I've been stumbling uh, upon a lot more videos. I don't usually scroll through TikTok. I'll state that. But, and I say, but, so I don't like when I see videos come across my screen of like women are now spying on men, like who they're like, I'm on a first date with this guy and he's already expecting that if he pays for dinner, that I'm going to have sex with him. Okay, dude, go and get a cheap prostitute if you're that like, like, you know, like you really have that transactional of a mindset about how the world works. Not only am I brokenhearted for that man and that woman who have both like they're both enduring 
the pain of not having responsibility there. Um, like, I, I mean, I feel bad for the women that don't have the boundaries to then say no, even though they want to say no, because of the reverse programming where you have the men who it's always this huge expectation that like all men are just going to be men. Men are just pigs. Men are just animals. And they're just visual creatures and the women should cover up. But then on the other hand, it's like you have women that are taught to, you know, to please. And it's like, but like you're just fueling the cycle. It's like, it's like the structure that, that God meant for us to have is just, it's so broken. Just, it's, just, it's completely just what you inverted. Just what you explained right there. Yeah, everything's inverted, actually, not even just that. But um, let's, I'm going to read a verse. I'm going to read some verse real quick. It's uh, Galatians uh, 5, verses 19 through 26. Um, I think this is a good one to read for this. It says, now the works of the flesh are evident, which are adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery. Uh, sorcery could be uh, drugs, actually, guys. So then that has a lot to do with pornography, too. When, you, when you're doing drugs, it, it, it just sucks you into that. Hatred, contentions, jealousness, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions, uh, dissensions, her heresies, envy, murders, uh, drunkenness. And murders can also be slandering your, 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 your fellow person, okay? And murders is is also murdering the spirit and not just murdering physically. Okay. So, um, drunkenness, uh, rev uh, revelries and like of which I, I tell you beforehand, just as I also told you in the time of the past, this is a Paul speaking, which he, I went over that other verse that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God, but the fruit of the spirit. Okay. So I talked about the flesh. Now we're going to talk about the spirit, but the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. All those things that I just mentioned right there are the total opposite of what you're going to do if you're watching porn and hiding it from your wife or hiding it from God, right? Uh, you're not going to receive love. He was just talking about that. It is actually a, um, yeah, I'll have Emma elaborate on this after this too. Um, you're not going to find joy. You're not going to find peace faithfulness you're not being faithful to your wife you're not being faithful to god by watching this uh kindness goodness obviously it's not good you know it's not and then self-control okay um the rest of the verses against such there is no law and those who are uh who are christ's have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires if we live in the spirit let us also walk in the spirit let us not become conceited provoke one another envying one another okay so um, Emma, go ahead and um, if you want to uh, elaborate on this. Yeah, I wanted to elaborate a little bit on what Charles was just talking about, just kind of building the conversation. Um, and then I know he has some awesome stuff to talk about uh, that I can elaborate on after this too. But going back to that inversion of a child, um, when that happens in the home, um, that distorts forever the child's vision of what a relationship should be. And even after they heal, there's still distortions, there's still traumas, there's still triggers that happen because of what they face as a child. But that can completely distort how they look at relationships later in life, the people that they date, um, the people that, that they look to to hire them. You know, it's, I think we naturally gravitate towards people like us or like our parents, right? As Charles was saying. So if we have a broken relationship with mom or dad or grandfather or my teacher, whoever it is, we're going to try to mend that through future relationships and most likely repeat these patterns because we're not taking that time to do that work, that inner work inside. So that inversion can be 
absolutely crucial for them uh, as they're growing up. And to kind of tie in the the sex trafficking stuff, um, child sex trafficking is a huge industry. Um, human trafficking alone is a $150 billion industry a year. And that's just what's accounted for. I'm sure it's way bigger than that. That's literally a, a true statement that you can find that's pretty mainstream that even, you know, the mainstream MSM uh, content will cover and say. And I think that that's just literally kind of scratching the surface. Um, the reason why humans are, and especially children, are so valuable, because a lot of people say, well, why? what is so like, why would you want to do this to a human? You know, why not just go sell drugs or why not do something else that doesn't involve an actual living being? And the thing is a human body can be used hundreds, thousands, hundreds of thousands potentially of times where a drug can be used once. So when you take a child who's, who has a very healthy body structure, a long life in front of them, more resiliency, the ability to dissociate and handle pain differently than an, than an adult can, um, they're underdeveloped. They make a perfect candidate for, you know, getting them into that as a child and then keeping them in that through the progression of their life. Um, I'll give you guys too the definition of sex trafficking, a commercial sex act induced by force, fraud, or, or coercion, or if the person is under 18, it's automatically considered sex trafficking. So I think people have this misconception that trafficking has to be kind of this violent act that there's always some type of financial benefit, but it's not always. It's any type of force, uh, coercion, or um, something that's unconsensual from the person. Um, if there's an act of violence committed on them that they didn't consent to, that's automatically considered sex trafficking. And that's a word that we're not really taught. And a lot of children who grow up in a new adults don't really even realize that that's what's happening to them. Um, but a part of sex trafficking is child pornography is a massive, massive industry. And it's very, very profitable. Um, it's very uh, easy in a lot of cases, because as we were saying, it's not something you have to go digging on the deep web for anymore, even though it's there. It's, you know, Pornhub is uh, a great example of where you can find that, you know, there's uh, pornography that you can find with children just literally on these mainstream sites that are free. Um, so it's very, very easy for children to be a candidate for that because there's a market for it. And so automatically, I would argue, like in a lot of these cases, you can't really differentiate pornography and trafficking because most of the time um, it's it's an act of force, fraud or coercion, especially because these the people that usually end up in this industry, I would argue to say every single one of them is damaged. They don't even have the mental or healthy capacity to say that they're uh, that they're okay enough or that they're well enough to be a sex worker, to be a stripper, to be uh, an adult entertainer. You know, so we're taking these damaged people and offering them money or whatever uh, in reward for doing these these sexual acts, um, and we're calling it consensual regardless. And I don't know about you guys, but I know when I'm at my absolute lowest and I feel like crap and I'm traumatized and I'm uh, I've been abused. The last thing that I'm capable of doing is making a sound decision for my life, you know? And so we tend to look at sex workers like they are consenting to what they're doing. Um, and a lot of times, whether it's a physical forceful trafficking act, or if it's their vulnerability being exploited 
because they don't have that. They weren't taught to say no. They weren't taught healthy boundaries. They've always just been told what to do. And, and that's just what they do now as an adult. Um, all of it is trafficking, you know? And so when you think about what you're watching on that screen, we have people, you know, getting off to rapes, to violence, to trafficking victims who are being forced against their will. And it's really disgusting that we glorify this, you know, and that there's actually children that are being exposed to this, which adds a whole different layer to what their brains are, are computing as they're watching pornography. It's a lot of times they're going to stumble onto rape and trafficking victims, you know, so it, it's really scary how we got here and that more people aren't just appalled by this and saying, oh, this is a problem. And I'll let Charles take it away. I know he's going to elaborate on the Pornhub part, but this is like a, a, a huge key to this is recognizing what's actually on the underbelly of these platforms. Yeah, no, and so I'm sure you guys have probably seen how Pornhub ended up removing about 80% of their content, which if I remember correctly is around 10 million videos of unverified user generated content, meaning that we cannot confirm the age or consent of the people in 10 million videos. We can't confirm the age or consent in 80% of the content that was uploaded. And when you start seeing uh, news articles of 15-year-olds saying that I reached out to into you know Pornhub because they wouldn't take down my videos. They wouldn't take down my rape videos. And when you see um, news articles from parents complaining, saying, I found my kids' videos and Pornhub won't take them down. It's like, this is horrifying. The fact that we have to fight that hard to take content down to the point that I believe it's Illinois now requires that you have a government-issued ID in order to have access to Pornhub. And now we've even come up with this additional excuse. You have OnlyFans, you know? Well, I'm paying for it, so it has to be a lot more verified. It has to be a lot more approved. It's just it's it's still prostitution just in another format you know different name same you know same I, face or totally, whatever however that goes yeah it comes in a different uh different way so uh jason did you want to add anything i know you're, you're probably listening in oh yeah i'm listening yeah i'll do that i'm just i'm just getting this all in uh okay i, I just yeah, don't but, uh, if you want to look was... at it i know but through history if you if, if you read the bible you know and you go through history you know uh you know um most you know, false religions are that in the Bible were mostly about, you know, sexual fornication and spiritual fornication. So when you do that, <clears throat> you really, you really messing with some stuff you shouldn't be doing because now it's, now it's so prevalent and easy to access. Like you said, you pop on the phone back in the day, you'd have to go to a, a, sh a shop or a store and you'd, you'd have to, you know, totally be all, you know, really smutty and weird. Like most people <laughs> thought they're just really gross. People watch porn. No, now it's like you said, kids can watch it. Anybody can watch it. And it's like, we're back in the days of, you know, one language, one easy way to access everything. You know, yeah. that's, that's, it's just, it's, it's crazy that the Holy Bible will, you know, it foresees all of this stuff and it teaches you about this stuff. It teaches you how to, how to attain the divine message like Job, you know, he, he got it. He understood that, Hey, any problem I have, I go to God. Any problem that goes on, any any bad, good, uh, anything, I take it to God, and He and He will work it out for me. That's what people understand is that if you just use 
the the things that you have that God has given you, you could, and you actually, you know, apply them, they work. Because I myself, you know, I still, you know, I still struggle with with porn addiction and stuff like that. Not not like just watching it every day like that, but you know, like I said, videos will pop up and it hits in your head like, oh man, maybe I should just, you know, my wife isn't is is arguing with me, you know, maybe I should just, you know, pop, you know, just watch it for a little while. It's cool. And then you gotta slap yourself in the face and be like, hey man, you know, this is going down a road where, you know, it's it's it, after it does affect everything. You know, it's it's still I battle with addiction every day, and it's 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 very hard and. That's why I like to go through the Bible and look for guys that actually had problems like this. You know, like they said, D uh, David had it, you know, uh, Samson had it. Uh, a lot, a lot of people had it. And, yeah. Uh, Bible. So also, yeah. And also uh, Paul had some type of thorn that was in his side. I don't know if it was a physical or if it was the type, some type of addiction that, that he didn't actually display to us or tell us what it was, but also let's see what Jesus says. Okay. Cause ultimately there's a blueprint laid out by our god you know by jesus uh god in the flesh and uh what he says is this okay matthew 5 27 through 30 he says you have heard that it was said to those of old you shall not commit adultery but i say to you that whoever looks at a woman to lust for her has already committed adultery with her in his heart um if your right eye causes you to sin pluck it out cast it from you for it is more profitable for you than one of your members perish, than your whole body be cast into hell. And if your right hand causes you to sin, cut it off and cast it from you. For it is more profitable for you than one of your members perish, than for your whole body to be cast in hell. Okay, so you guys got to understand that. Now, he's not he's not saying to go pluck your eye out. But what he's saying is... I think whatever, he is. I, he might I be literally, literally saying no, I, that. I think he literally is saying well, that, dude. Well, what I the way I take it is, if he's literally saying it, then we should all have our, our eyes plucked out and only and be losing our right hand. Okay, so all of us, right? But because even if you think it, so if a woman sees Thor on TV, you know, and she's thinking it that she's already committed adultery, or if a man sees a woman in a bathing suit and he's already lusting after her, or if you drive by a woman and you see her on the street, anything. But what I'm just telling you guys is, our whole purpose is is to, like I said, is to walk with God. And, and, and for us to have a relationship with God and for us to spread the gospel message, right? To cast out demons, to heal the sick. Uh, there's there's a lot of things that we have a purpose, but um, it's, it's just interesting. And what I want to tell you guys in Matthew as well, when Jesus was led by the spirit into the wilderness and to be tempted by the devil, um, he didn't have any sexual temptation here, but he did have temptations, okay? So what he did is uh, he always used the word of God against the devil and then the devil would, would have to get behind him, right? So um, understand that. He used the word of God. And when you actually read uh, Ephesians 6, uh, 10 through, I think it's like 26, whatever it is, that Emma, when she always goes over that prayer, understand that the word of God is like a double-edged sword. And then also prayer. So you have two offensive weapons. The other stuff you have is the helmet of salvation, the breastplate of righteousness, the uh, the belt of truth. And then your feet are like the gospel, right? So you have some weapons we can use here, but what it says in the Bible about the sexual temptation, like I said, run, okay, flee, don't even stand up, don't even think that you could just use Bible verses and be fine, I know you can, you know, all through all, I could do all things through Christ, or Satan, this is not, you know, there's certain things you could say, you do not have dominion here, that's not Bible <clears> verse, but I'm just, that's something that I use, you know, you do not have any dominion here, but understand guys, so it's a little different when you get that sexual temptation 
you got to understand it's it's usually strong. And what what Charles was saying and what Emma is saying, what happens is like when you're in your past, like uh, like our our family went through molestation before. Me and Jason, uh, thank God we both didn't have that happen, but we went through molestation before. So when that point happened to to that individual, and and it happened at eight years old, nine years old, then their then their 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 mind state gets stopped right there and then they are like a little kid uh their whole life trying to deal with certain issues like charles was talking about um and then we also when that happened uh we me and jason also once we heard about that that also stunted our growth and then when our parents divorced we have uh trauma right there that caused us to, to not have not be able to make good decisions so me and jason both throughout our life we struggled through addiction because we didn't have a mother and father walking with god if everybody followed the Bible, like like Charles was saying, the Ten Commandments, or if you just follow what the Bible says, uh, the basic instructions before leaving Earth, then then all this stuff wouldn't even come. There would be nobody that's wanting to even start pornography. Uh, there wouldn't even be people that would be doing pornography because they had a, a household home where they were taught the correct way. The dad was the spiritual leader. The mom was submitting to the husband because the husband was doing what he's supposed to be doing. Okay, um, I'll let I'll let uh, Charles talk about the. Uh, you know, some of this aspect as well, you said about fleeing, about running, please help us with that, Charles. Yeah. So I get, I get this a lot, you know, um, porn is not a thorn in the side. I can say that confidently because we do know that God would never inflict us with sexual, uh, anything, you know, let's just sexual anything, you know? Um, and so it, it is interesting because I hear that a lot from a lot of the young men that I talk to and they're like, well, it's just a thorn in my side. Isn't that just making an excuse in a sense? And it's like, yeah, we do know there is a thorn in the side like that. That is a thing. But do we blame the thorn or do we take responsibility for how we respond to having a thorn? And so Another thing I also want to touch on in regards to like the fleeing aspect, I think I think our generation has this understanding of fleeing that I think we need to redefine it and raise the standard of what we really mean by fleeing. When we mean flee, it almost sounds like, you know, run away cowardly. You know, it, it almost sounds like I'm too weak to stand up to this. And at the same time, you have the other side that's like, well, yeah, there's a literal, there's a literal enemy. Satan is literally trying to like get you to fail. And he knows he can because he's already done it to your mom and dad and to their parents and to their parents. And if you think you're any different from the perspective of like, you know, you're not God, then really what other choice do you have? And I do feel like there is one option that works very well. And it's about walking in the spirit. You're either walking in the spirit or, or you're walking in the flesh. And so we do know this. When you see God for who he really is, you see you for who you really are. And we do know that the full revelation is that Jesus has always been God. And we know that the Bible says that um, in Revelation, it says that uh, Jesus has like a sword for his tongue. Is this not a representation in one sense that the word of God is our sword? We see how Jesus responded to temptation. We see that he used the word of God. 
And so what happens most of the time is we look at fleeing from this perspective of, well, I can't do anything rather than standing up and fighting with the tools that God has given us. And so there is, there is this dichotomy. Once again, I find in this day and age, we have to split hairs so much because we're always, you know, trying to navigate our way around vulnerability when we're not walking in intimacy with God. And the difference would be that, you know, David, he was walking in integrity for a long time and then boom, Bathsheba. Yeah, he needed to flee there because it's not like he can stand up and say, you can't tempt me, devil. I'm going to look at her without lust. You know, that that's ridiculous. Get out of there, David. What are you doing, man? And so like, that's where I think we have to look at it contextually. But that's where I, I think like, when you also consider using the word as your sword, we feel like temptation comes externally. But as we know in the beginning, Satan uses the physical world to blind you to everything happening in that spiritual realm. And so we're so focused on what we can see that we have now become blinded by the truth that your words have power. And so you're either speaking life or death. And what happens when you're programming the ways of the world, the pattern of the world, and you're becoming more like the physical realm and, you know, less like Jesus, what would happen if you just started diving deep into the Bible? And when you felt temptation in the midst of a trigger from trauma, because there is a difference, like the trauma triggers that like half of that, I would say is like a, like a deep need for confession and healing and really like getting that inner work done. But then the other the other part is closing the doors to the demonic that you're giving access to through your trauma, because that broken part of yourself is a crack in the wall. It's a crack in your fortress and it gives the enemy access. But when you use the word of God to heal, the Bible says that Jesus has come to bind up the brokenhearted, broken hearted. Your spirit man has been shattered by trauma and sin continues to shatter your very essence and it's like we we look at um we look at the bible and i think that we even try to make god our scapegoat because we can put this all the way back to having been programmed for codependency so we're codependent with god sometimes we think that god plays by our rules but if the universe still revolves around you then we know there's a problem with maybe the way that we're interpreting it we know there's probably something wrong with the expectations that we have of who God is and how he's supposed to work in our lives. And so then we use fleeing, for example, as an excuse and say, well, the Bible said to flee. Except most men aren't really fleeing today. They're using avoidance tactics. They're trying to use busy work. Uh, they're getting burnt out on willpower because they're still trying to do it in their own strength. They're still trying to do and be like God. In other words, they're still trying to get their own needs met. It's all the same pattern over and over and over again of, I'm going to get my own needs met. So I never have to get hurt again. And I will be like God meeting my own needs. It's, it's, it's a little heartbreaking, but um, I would say like, that's, that's where I would, kind of and kind of guide the conversation yeah, yeah. um can i say something real quick uh 
when you're obedient to what God asks you to do. And because he's seen the beginning and the end. So he knows from day one till the end. And he, it's like when you're, a, when you're, if you're a father of your son or, or your daughter and, you know, <clears throat> they ask for advice and you give it to them because you've been through it. They, we've been around the block a few times, you know, and they don't follow it. And the, the thing that happens to them that you already said, this is going to happen. They, they, <clears throat> they, they, it's, it seems like they still don't, they just don't, they won't get it. You know, like <clears throat> people in the Bible all, all through history were stiff neck people, you know? We never, we never get it. We just never get it. And the thing I want to touch back on with Samson again is because when he, he was told, his mom was told in the beginning not to do certain things, no strong drink, no strong, no, nothing from the vineyard. Do not, uh, he's a Nazarite from the womb. Okay. So he's a Nazarite from the, from the womb. So that means God is involved in, in every conception. So he is there giving him the giving him the 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 spirit of god and, and don't think that he didn't know what was going to happen in the end he saw what was going to happen but he still he still went with them and he, he he went into the vineyard the, the first thing he went to a vineyard with his family and he wasn't supposed to be there and what was there in the vineyard a roaring lion and that's the devil right there if he wasn't in that vineyard at that time he would have never had to kill that lion and then sin right after that by by eating the honey, touching a dead uh, something dead, and he never told his parents about it either. He made them eat from it, and he never told them what it was from. So he's lying, he's lustful, he's he's prideful, he's 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 just it, it's all what men are nowadays. But it's not weak to flee. It's not weak. Your weakness is his strengths. When you are weak, he is strong. Yes. So if you use him the way he wants you to, you know, use him, then the devil will never have any access to you. He will, like in Job, he goes in and asks God, hey, you know, this is, look at this guy. He's he's this, you give him all this stuff. And, and but what does God say? He goes, hey, man, you can do it. You know, you can do this, this, and this, but you can't kill him. Or, or And that's it. And so he kept coming back and coming back and still won't break him down. That's how you learn. Job is a very good book. It's where righteous people you know, are, you know, they get, they get messed with, but the devil will flee. He has to, it says in the Bible, if you use these tactics against him, he will flee. But believe me, when you get on that high horse, it's not when you're low, it's when you're at your most best, he's going to throw things at you left and right, left and right. And when he can't get you with other things, he will send you a woman or a man or somebody that could, that could really, like you said, that sexual uh, temptation, you're not strong enough to, 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 to not, that's why he says flee. Flee to him, run to him. That's what he's saying. He's yes. not saying flee, run away and hide and act like a little, you know, like you're weak. And no, today men are, this is what men are, are treated so bad. They're in the back seat now. And this is what happens. The devil flipped it. We Men used to be the bridegroom. You know, they used to be the ones getting the, all the, all the attention during the weddings and stuff like that. Now they flipped it. And now men, they're breaking them down. They're emasculating us and putting us aside. I'm not saying women are 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 you know below us or anything like that but there's a structure what god you know made and then when the devil defiles all that it's 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 it turns into a nation of what we have now look at what's going on today everything you see now oh uh sex trafficking all this stuff and what do people do about it they watch it and they go back and go oh that's sad that's really bad it's not happening to me but literally no they're their kid their son's in the back room you know he's 
he's watching pornography. He's, he's, he's starting to get that mindset. To, and then, you know, what he grows up, maybe he starts raping, you know, he just starts messing with his whole life. His whole purpose was to never do anything like that. And like you said, generational, uh, you need to stop generational things. Like stop it right there. Like when we were kids, yes, I experienced pornography at a very young age. I found a videotape of my dad's uh, in the living room videotape in the VCR and turned it on and I saw it. I was like, and that's in my mind, it's always stuck with me. And that's where my problem started. Dude, and, and it's so funny. That's where most men um, like started. I stumbled upon my dad's stash or my older brother's stash, or I found some, you know, some, some magazine, magazine in my best friend's house. You know, it, it's always really close to home, if not directly from home. But what messed and, me up was that mm-hmm. my dad was, was a very adamant person about reading the Bible and, and getting to scripture and following what God wants to do. But he, it was, that's what kind of damaged me as well, because I have this, my father figure, you know, doing all that stuff. And then he's telling me, Hey, hey read this, read this, but then he's doing this, this, and this. Yeah. So we, it makes me think, Hey, if he yeah, could do that, you know, shoot, I'm a piece of, you know, I, I wouldn't have no money. I didn't have no, I wasn't raised properly very well, but that's not my fault, but I do have yeah. the choice to not follow that. And, but I didn't do that. I walked right into that. And now I have to stop on this Dude. stuff right now. This and- is, what, okay, what, Jason, uh, and also he was also molested as a child. That was also re- prevalent through his, my dad, I'm talking about my dad. And then through his family, that was that was prevalent. So that's just a generational curse is happening. And then me and Jason, so, so also in my whole family, there's like meth addictions, uh, drug addictions, depression, all this stuff. But like, it's, it's awesome because uh, God is so great. I, I have to say this verse, I'm sorry. Uh, James 4, 7, this is the one that you guys were talking about. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. He will run from you. So, yeah, I had to say that. But, yeah, there's generational curses. But, yeah, it's uh, my dad was always bringing us to the word, teaching us about conspiracies, teaching us about Illuminati. But, yeah, Jason, you're right, man. It's like um, we both stumbled upon that at a very young age, and it crushed us because when I was in, when I was, when I went to deployment, I mean, think about this. All the guys on deployment, we go for a whole entire year. All of us meet in the middle of uh, the barracks. And what do we say? We're in Kuwait. We can't look up porn. They stop you. You have to actually get a, uh, what is it called? A VPN. So everybody's all mad about it. But it's so heavily accepted, especially in the military community. You guys got to understand that. Even though they have a wife at home, they're like, well, I'm not going to cheat on my spouse. I'm just going to watch this instead. But not knowing that they're spiritually fornicating and committing adultery and cheating anyways, just by watching it. So we got to be careful guys. And, and I'm, I am, I am definitely, uh, I'm definitely guilty of that. You know, when I was deployed, you know, I was, and it's filthy and it's disgusting, but I don't, I have no problem admitting it. You know, it's just, I didn't know. I wasn't, I wasn't fully walking with God at the time. The brain doesn't know the difference between what's real and what's fake. If it happens in your mind's eye or in your physical eyes, it happens. Your brain immediately absorbs all of it. Which is terrible. Man, it's terrible, especially on young children and stuff that are that are just you know that 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 watch it and and like Jason said, um, it creates people that do go and rape, murder, and they and and some people they they have obsessive minds, so then they just start obsessing over getting more and more and more until they physically go and find a woman and rape her or stalk her or murder her or kill her. Um, I'm sure Emma has has dealt with some some uh, people on her show that. 
that have, that have gone through some terrible stuff, you know, and then SRA abuse also, right? Emma, you've, you've had people on your show with that. Imagine those people where they're having, basically having women have children for them, taking the children and doing stuff to the children. And also there's also people out there that will pay millions and millions of dollars to have kids that, that have like they're I guess it was, they had these kids that, that witnessed a murder, right? So that they know that the kids are damaged and they want to go and have sex with those kids because it's like, it's just building evil upon evil upon evil. It's just insane. But Emma, you can talk. We're going to get judged, dude. Sooner or later, we're going to, I'm sorry, but we're not, we're not, we're not, uh, we're not going to be avoiding any type of, of judgment or, or, uh, uh, persecution. Oh yeah. This nation is, 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 is getting to the point where it's just, it's disgusting. And it's like, so normalized. I turn on Hulu and I see transgenders on it. I see these things that like that are pushing onto my children that I don't think that is right. But you understand, like you said, when we saw that when we were younger, Josh, and it, it was like it, it ruined us. So what do you think these kids do at a young age? And they see all this, they're like, oh, I, I, I do have free will. I can be a woman. I can be a man. I could be whatever. I could be a kitchen oven if I wanted to. <laughs> you know what I mean? And that's not that God didn't see you have free will. But the choices that you make are going to affect you totally your, your whole life, your kids, your your everyone. And you have to understand that what you do in front of your children, they're going to, they're going to put that back out of the world. That's why the structure of the family is very important. Just because it says in the Bible that the man is the head of the household doesn't mean that the, we don't have to listen to our wives because they are smart. They are knowledgeable. They have wisdom. They will help you out. They, and, but they have to submit to you. And then it's, it's just, it's a honor thy mother and father and your, your days on this world will be long and plentiful. The only commandment with a promise. You know, and, and when, you, when you're not doing that, I think also when you're not honoring your father up in heaven, you're yeah. really, really being disobedient and he sees you. doesn't matter in your little closet, in the darkness, what you're doing in, in your own privacy, your own home. There's always somebody watching you. There's demons right there. There's, oh, look at he's doing. Yeah. Look at that. Let's keep him more and more and more and more and more. Let's drive this dude to a point where he just, he just kills himself. Yes. You know? I'd like to, hear, I'd like to hear that too. Jason, very great point. Um, Emma, well, yeah, talk about the SRA a little bit uh, if you want, and um, and then we're going to end about 6.30, so we got about 20 minutes. So go ahead, Emma. Yeah, I just wanted to say, you know, the thing that we all need to do as a society, because I know this is a heavy topic, and people on the other side are probably thinking, well, gosh, I didn't, I didn't realize this was such a sin, or I didn't realize it was to the extent that it is. Um, it's within us all to heal our own inner child. You know, in order to solve this, we have to, from now on, prioritize children. Obviously, God, but God's precious children need our protection. And unfortunately, there's not enough people stepping up to say no. You know, uh, 20% of all online pornography is child exploitation. 20%. That's a whole fifth of what people are consuming. And you think, well, how do we? How did we get here? Well, it starts as Charles was saying, you get a dopamine hit and it's literally like it in our body physiologically, this reacts like a drug addiction. So we, most people don't start there, but they start, they watch us, you know, a softer video. They watch that Skinamax, the video that's in your dad's, you know, VCR. And then a, progressively the dopamine doesn't hit as hard. You need something a little bit more dangerous. How Charles was saying, you know, we're basically uh, getting off on fear. Um, you need something a little bit more dangerous to give that hit. And eventually, you know, it gets down this rabbit hole. And yeah, with with SRA, so satanic ritual abuse, 
victims are almost always used in child exploitation material. Um, they're almost always uh, sold to family members, to neighbors, to whoever is within their, their cult system. Um, and that starts very young for them. And obviously anything under 18 and anything forced fraud or coercion, it, it's all trafficking. So we have whole communities, uh, estimated millions of children who are being exploited right the second and throughout their lives, they don't it's very, very hard to leave. When you hear stories like Lisa Meister, who you guys had, she's literally, literally a walking miracle. The percentage of people that actually leave these satanic ritual abuse systems is so low. But we we have this proliferating right in our own communities and we're not even aware of it. You know, we have our own trauma that we're carrying from, even if we didn't experience something like SRA, we're carrying our own trauma from whatever it is, the news traumatizing us the last few years, somebody passing away that meant a lot to us, our parents being abusive. You know, we it only takes three generations of trauma before it becomes ingrained physiologically in our DNA. So children become more compliant, more obedient, and have a, a higher percentage of being abusers themselves. Um, and it takes all of us to go within and say, I'm going to stop consuming this because I don't know what I'm watching. It might not be abusive what I'm watching. It might be completely consensual, but there is no way for you to know sitting on the side of the screen that you're on. So regardless, we're participating in sex trafficking and, and watching it. And even the people who maybe it was consensual, again, these are very traumatized, drug addicted um, horrifically abused humans that we are watching, even if it is consensual. And so we need to go within and say, how do I heal my own inner child? So I don't pass this on to my children. And I want to commend you, Josh and Josh and Jason, you guys broke generational trauma. You guys are circuit breakers. Like that is so cool. You know, that's amazing. And it, it makes me so happy to see that now we're, we do have children that are getting out of these abuse systems because we have parents brave enough to say, I'm going to heal myself and look, look at what's going on with me, turn it over to God and, and heal, you know, and we need to do that as, as adults, it's never too late. And we need to be protective of our children. And that starts with turning off Pornhub that starts with turning it all off. And it starts with, it really starts with us being able to do that. It, it trickles all the way down to our children, even if what we're consuming as adults, you know, if we're consuming adult pornography, by turning that off, we are inadvertently stopping sex trafficking. We're stopping feeding the demand of a billion dollar business. And we're eventually narrowing that gap. So the demand stops for our children as well. Sorry. Okay. There we go. Yes. It's very interesting. So, um, yeah, very interesting stuff. So, uh, also the Bible also says this, I'm always going back to verses. So, um, so we got Hebrews 10 26. It says, for if I go on sinning deliberately after receiving the knowledge of the truth, there no longer remains a sacrifice for sin. So guys got to understand that right now, whoever's listening to this, you're getting Bible verses, you know, which is obviously the truth. Let God be truth and every man a liar. You're getting, now you're getting exposed to the stuff we're letting you guys know. So understand that now that you know this stuff, you're now hold, held accountable for, for what you know, right? It says that right there, deliberately after receiving the knowledge of the truth, well, you're receiving the knowledge of the truth right now. So understand that God is speaking to you right now through this podcast. So 
And thank you, Emma. All glory to God for us. Anything that happened to me and Jason is all glory to God because we've both been on this journey together. And we have both had been in the worst times living out of our cars at one time. Okay. Before I joined the military, before I, I met my wife, I was not doing well whatsoever. I, I went from uh, being this popular, awesome, you know, person or whatever, thinking I was awesome, whatever, but to, to, to even being so low that I was living out of my car, right. When I was like 23, it's like just damaged me and Jason, both Jason was in that position before too. And what it is, is God for me, he stripped away everything. And he said, go into the military and he stripped away all this disgustingness. And then I got built up spiritually through God. And then I got spilt up built up uh, with um, some discipline through the military and, and that combination of God just putting me through this hardship because you can't enjoy the good without going through the hard stuff, right? And embracing the suck. Now every day is just beautiful. I love it. No drugs, no alcohol, no porn, no, nothing like that. You know, not saying I'm not, I don't sin, but uh, it's such on a minute, smaller level. It's easier to control and repent from then having an addiction that's hitting me. I was addicted so bad to drugs that I would think about it every moment that I woke up back in the day. So addicted to porn too. What you would do is you'd smoke drugs and it would cause you to be, to, it opens up these dimensions for demons to come. And then they, they, they find that little weakness that you have and they make it explode. I know people that did meth that ended up becoming like bad in fraud or bad in pornography or, or rape or anything like that, you know? So uh, or raping little kids even, you know, but anyways, uh, it's just, it's just, it's just all evil. And, and I thank God that he, he delivered us from this and, and, and all of us that are here. I don't know if you ever went through any addictions, Emma, but I thank God that he, he delivered all of us, you know, but we got, we got, uh, 12 minutes, uh, Charles, if you want to, any last words before we get off? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> honestly, um, First of all, I just want to comment, like, Emma, you're so right. Everyone's complicit. The very sec, every single click, every single view, every video, there's a level of complicitness that cannot be denied any longer. The evidence is too massive to ignore at this point. But the scarier part is when it starts to seep into our social media platforms and this new thing that's really uh, been happening lately um, and it's, it's really made me sick to my stomach is these now parent managed accounts on our social media platforms and these parent managed accounts. It's like, you know, there's an entire network of predators and pornographers that, and that are using telegram and Patreon and all of our other modern sites to funnel all of this content through and it's like it's right in front of us why is no one talking about this but if you i would say that like for anyone listening if you are struggling with pornography there is no more excuse and i say that boldly because we need to start taking responsibility to make a difference because it's no longer about us um, you know, we talked about epigenetic programming a little bit. That's heavy. You're literally programming through your flesh, the next generation to have an even more difficult problem with this. Like, um, in it, what I learned when I was studying deliverance ministry was how 
demons get very deeply ingrained into your flesh. They literally become like a part of your flesh. And it's like, that that's heavy to know that the programming of the pattern of the world isn't just spiritual, isn't just psychological. Your physical self is literally being programmed. And we don't consider the repercussions 10 years out, 20 years out. But next thing you know, the fleeting feeling is gone. You're still chasing it. You haven't surrendered to suffering and joy. And so you're still living according to the pattern of the world, doing whatever feels good, even if you're in denial of it, simply because it's too sucky to admit that if you didn't have your compromised values, you don't know what you would have. You would have, you would feel like you have nothing. And that goes back to feeling the idea and the reality of the trauma that we experienced in the garden, but allowing yourself to feel that pain, it just feels like too much. So we run from it. But when you finally reach the end of yourself, then you'll be ready for change. But if you want to actually create change, you need two things. You need the pain of where you're at to be greater than the pain of change. And you need the aspiration to be desirable enough for you to take action towards it. Otherwise, if you don't know where you're going, you're going nowhere. If you don't know who you're becoming, you're becoming no one. And so you can either do what you know, which is the pattern of the world, or you can learn to do things through the way that sets you free. Jesus. Jesus is the one who will set you free. But here's the contingency. There is faith and there is works. Your works will not save you. No fap will not save you. But praying to God, and I say this gently, but sternly, praying to God and not taking action is not going to work because you're expecting him to do something that he already gave you the capability to do for yourself. He gave you the Bible. We are now no longer with excuse. We can't make an excuse that God didn't give us tools and he didn't give us answers. Dig deep and study and take seriously what happens in your life if nothing changes. Because it starts from a very young age. But we don't have to continue to play the victim anymore. You are called a victor. But you also get to choose if you're going to operate out of the trauma identity that then fuels the pattern of the world and worships destruction, that worships Satan and death and everything that we that goes against our values. Or you can choose to set the bar higher, not as a form of not enough, not as a form of unrealistic expectations, but as a form of recognizing and remembering who Jesus says you always were from the very foundations of the earth when he created you, when he knew you at the deepest part of who you always were as his child. And when you start to see Jesus and worship him in intimacy, in full spiritual nakedness, letting him know, this is me, God, this is everything. And you stop trying to clean yourself up before you come to him. And you just recognize that building that relationship with him right where you're at is going to make the biggest impact. You can stop trying to save yourself through your own works and through your own strength. And you can recognize that just like Jason touched on, when you are weak, he is strong. Jesus is the only way that you can beat this. You can, because think about it. 
I despise most of our modern solutions, especially when it comes to how we handle psychology and therapy. And I have a lot of friends that have experienced a lot of good from counseling and therapy, and that's awesome. But it's it, stopping the bleeding is not enough. You can put a Band-Aid over your wound, but what are you doing to get to the root? Because if you just put a Band-Aid on it and you stop the bleeding... You're, I mean, you're just letting the wounds rot underneath. We need to stop using logical band-aids for emotional wounds. Inner, like inner wounds require inner healing. Logical, external, structural-based problems require those kinds of solutions. But we can't keep mixing the two. You can't solve the spiritual with the physical. And so we have to go um, like to the root of the problem itself, which is based in the identity that you're choosing to hold. And so your closeness and your relationship with God will determine the level of freedom that you're able to experience in life. And another thing Jason touched on that I really loved was being a stiff-necked people. What was the very first thing that happened in, um, when Moses was at the mountain, getting those Ten Commandments, getting the, the household rules of heaven? He was getting ready to bring heaven to earth. And we were over, saying, over here saying, God is dead. Moses has left us. God has forsaken us once again, even though he just like took care of you. He just took care of you. And we're already saying, well, that's it. We're dead. Let's go and worship nothing again. And then they became that which they worshiped. They became that which they worshiped a golden calf. So now they became a stiff necked people because cows have stiff necks. So it's just a physical and um, metaphorical representation of them becoming death. They were becoming nothing. They were worshiping nothing, so they became nothing. But when you choose to worship and have vulnerability and intimacy with Jesus, you become like Jesus. So stop falling for the lie of the enemy of do and you will be like God. Be like Jesus and you will be like God. And there's a difference, you know? It's there's, because one is saying that you are God and one is saying you have a relationship with God. There's definitely a difference. I totally 100% yeah. agree. And every yeah, secret, this, yeah. oh, real quick, all the secret societies out there, that's what they do. They're going to, they, they're going to do exactly like Satan yeah. does. What they do is they invert Genesis right there. And they tell you that, well, God doesn't want you to be like God. Uh, but Satan wanted to give you the knowledge. He's the one that yeah. wanted to give you this. So they invert it and say that G that Satan Lucifer is God. And, and the, the real God is, is, is it's all Gnosticism basically. But yeah, anyways, very great points. Amazing stuff. I love this. Uh, Jason, uh, you go ahead, dude. Yeah. It's, like I want to say, it's, it's not how you start. It's how you finish. Amen. You know, you're it, everybody. A lot of people in the Bible that were used by God were very horrible people, man. Matthew was a tax collector. That's like basically back then being like a pornographer. You know, uh, uh, David was an adulteress and a murderer. You know, Paul was a murderer. Pa Paul murdered Christians. You know, and and but he he, he saw God showed him what what is wrong with him, and he fixed it. And 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 God and Jesus really really want to get to the root of the problem. It's not. It's not a. Uh, it's not you. It's not, it's just, it's sin is a defect that we have, that we have. We, we were made, man was made in the image of God. But once Adam fell, we were in the made image of Adam now, because we have that defect in our body of sin. And it's never going to go away until you are, till you, until you are up there with him. And you're, when you, when you're born again and you get a new heart and you, and, and you, you, you read the gospel, like I say, first Corinthians 15 verses one through four, you don't take the God's 
ambassadorship in vain, you know, like, yeah, you're going to sin. And Josh said earlier, like, you know, I might sin if they're little now, but no, sin is sin. It doesn't matter how little or how big it is on that level. It's all the same. Yep. You can't, you can't just say, oh, it's, 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 it doesn't matter. It's not your, when you look at a woman, when you, that's walking by and she's really hot, you don't say in your mind, you see that, but you're not breaking that lustful point until you start to really focus on it, act on it. You know what I mean? But if you yeah. have that uh, capacity in your mind to actually look at the future of what could happen after you do that, you could break up your marriage. You could, you know, like things that could go on that, that, that the, the domino effect that happens after that. It's, 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 it's crazy how, how one little thing can unravel everything. And right now it's, it's, we're, we're seeing that on, on every level of, of life right now, television, uh, the computer, the, the phone is very, 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 very hard to, to get away from because it's right there. One click of the button and you're right there, wherever you want to be anywhere. And it's, 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 it's hard. You know, everybody in the Bible had all these problems, but the, most of them, you know, when they, when they realized what they did wrong and repented and confessed and actually, you know, built that relationship more with God and, and use and read this book because it is how you build your relationship with God and learn about the Old Testament, how we got the, the, the reason why we have Jesus Christ on, on that, on that cross. We all put him up there, not the Jews, not the people, not the Pharisees. We all did. Okay, and that's what you gotta think of when you when you do sin. That he he he, he you know how like like how I know that the passion of the Christ on stuff. You, I've never seen it before, but I've heard stuff about it. But it's a visually showing you what happened, but you never really get the point of actually who Jesus really was. He wasn't just some man that that was very uh, very humble, very smart, very knowledgeable on how to treat people. He was the son of God, son of son of God, chosen for a reason. And he went, he didn't falter. Samson faltered. Adam faltered. All these, all these men that 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 God, you know, appointed, they all failed miserably. And it's, and we were deceived. I think that's 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 very, very important. We were deceived. And we're and God is showing you that it is out there. The adversary is out there. The devil's real. God is real. It is a spiritual battle every day, and it's all real. Your soul is eternal. No matter what you say or do, your soul, your spirit is eternal. It's your choice on whether you're gonna where you're gonna uh, spend your eternity. Are you gonna, you know, reject the remedy for sin and and get into heaven, or are you gonna just say, "Hey, screw it, I'm just gonna be like you said, be like my own God and just govern myself." It's not intended yeah. for us to. We're never intended to be that way. We're intended for worship, and you know, having that faith, having yeah. faith that 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 He is there and and to understand that back then when the israelites were uh, doing all that stuff they saw the most greatest miracles of all time parting of the red sea uh uh dude so much stuff and <laughs> and everything that god said he took delight on delivering to them and they still still never got it they still don't get it to this day and we don't either <laughs> no I, yeah and we yeah. and we all don't get it either same no, thing no, so no 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 all right no. so i'm gonna i'll i got a last verse to go over guys and it, and it has to do with those other verses but this is god the father speaking okay in heaven okay this is god the father speaking and he and he said unto me it is done i am the alpha the omega the beginning and the end 
I will give you the, the fountain of the water of life freely to him who thirst. He who overcomes shall inherit all things, and I will be his God, and he shall be my son. But the cowardly, unbelieving, abominable murderer, sexual immoral. Sexual immoral, guys, you got to understand, is pornea in the Greek. That is where they say that that's where they got pornography from. Uh, sorcerers, idolaters, and all liars shall have their part in the lake which burns with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. You do not want to... Uh, Jesus is going to be coming back, right? That, you, you know, just like the ark, when the ark closed, right? The ark closed, everybody was like uh, drinking, wedding, everything, you know, uh, being married, having sex, doing pornography, all that stuff back then, right? And what happened? The ark closed. You have no, now you cannot repent. You're done. So understand something, guys, that you could you could be in, in, in a really bad sin of pornography and doing it every day, every day. I'm going to quit later. I'm going to quit later. And then you die and you have no chance to repent. What are you going to do? When you're in, in hell, okay, hell is real. Sheol, I believe it's in the earth. It's real. If you guys go back and read the story of Lazarus, you can understand how hell is. And that's just not even the lake of fire. That's just, you're, you're thirsty. You have all five senses. You're able to see. You're able to, to want, you know, like talk, speak, uh, smell, everything. You know, understand this is real. This is no joke, okay? Once you understand that uh, it is real, you, you're going to understand that that it's not worth it to be doing stuff like this. And it's worth it to just be walking with God. You want to be like Enoch, walk with God. And he got taken up without even having to die. But anyways, any last words, Emma, before we get off? Because I, I want to make sure you, you speak too. Yes, I just, I want to thank you guys for having me on. And for everybody listening, again, take the time to heal your own inner child. Your inner child is just waiting for you to come. Give it the love and affection that, and compassion that maybe you didn't get in some areas of your life and that's going to impact the world more than you know this is going to in turn affect the next generations and if you don't have children it's still going to make a huge impact for people who do have children it's not too late teach your children correct anatomy teach them safe zones teach them about consent teach them because they're going to learn from something and most likely it's going to be their phone if it's not from you and they're going to learn messages that you're not going to want them to learn. And they're going to learn a whole different way than what you teach them. And then also to have, have compassion for the people that you put down. You know, we tend to look at sex workers, um, people in the, in the entertainment industry. And we just, you know, we look at them like they're trash or if they're in a strip club, you know, and again, these are almost, and I would, I would honestly bet to say a hundred percent of the time, these are abuse victims and they're still being abused you know, and, and the fact that we're pointing fingers at them and blaming them. Um, a lot of them may, may not be there by, by their own consensual choice. They may be forced. They may be being trafficked at that moment. Um, you don't know what they're going through and you never know what a little bit of love and compassion can do to, to change the trajectory of somebody's life. So please hold these people in prayer, pray for them, you know, weep for them. Uh, these were God's innocent children that, you know, were abused in their lives and, and their lives went in a different direction than probably what they ever wanted. So hold them in prayer, have compassion, and really, really look to that inner child within you to heal um, so you can have a positive impact on the life that you want and, and any children that you're around. Yes. Amen. Okay. Check out uh, the Imagination Podcast, okay, with Emma, and she has amazing guests on at all times. Uh with amazing stories and testimonies and it's amazing stuff. Also check out coach Charles, uh, freedom worker, Charles on Instagram. Um, and make sure that if you guys have any problem with porn at all, 
obviously you want to, first of all, you want to make sure you go to God. Okay. But you need, if you need, if you're in that point where you're just like, you need a coach or you need somebody, please get a hold of him. You know, he will talk to you. He will probably DM you. He'll probably speak to you on the phone, whatever he does. And he can help you get through that. Okay. Uh, but we always, as we do, we end this in prayer. So let's, uh, let's pray for these people. So father God, in the name of Jesus, Thank you so much for a clear connection. Thank you for introducing us to Emma and Charles. Uh, thank you for saving all of us. You know, I, we appreciate you. It seems like all of us are relying on you. Um, and Lord, we want to pray for these people that are in the uh, adult industry that um, have been abused. Please try to heal their pain. Uh, we want to pray for these people that are pimping women that have no idea what they're doing. They're full of a control, control, lust, uh, money, greed. We want to pray that you you take that that uh, urge away from them. I want to pray for everybody that has that mental, uh, physical problem, spiritual problem of of pornography and that addiction. Uh, all of us, Lord, please just take away and break these chains. Uh, I want to pray for the women that are um, that are on these videos that are being raped or SRA victims, satanic ritual abuse. I want to pray that you heal their pain. Um, and anybody that's listening to this show right now, Lord, that just that has an ear that that is feeling like, oh, this is me. You know, I'm I have this addiction. That this is me. Lord, please help them to guide uh, themselves through life. Help them to start reading their Bible. Help them to start getting closer with you and walking with God. And I want to thank you, Lord, for saving me from th this addiction. Thank you for saving Jason. Uh, thank you for saving anybody out there that has been saved. Thank you for saving Charles. And thank you for saving Emma and giving her a voice, uh, you know, uh, giving all these people that have been through this a voice. We appreciate you, God, for everything you do. Thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, everybody, please do us a favor. Check out uh, the Imagination Podcast. Check out uh, uh, Coach Charles, Freedom Worker Charles, uh, his Instagram and please share this podcast, okay? We're probably being shadow banned at all times because we speak about God, which they hate. And we also talk about conspiracies, which they hate. You know, they don't like us to talk about the truth. They can't stand it. So thank you, everybody, for listening. We love you. And God.